Welcome back to the Discovering Forestry podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Lofi, alongside the star of the show, Mr. Arbor Joe Aitken, here for another compelling conversation about trees. Joe, here we are, October 2023. We're doing it. I'd like to say things are slowing down, but as I say that, leaf colors ramping up. Shoot, I was gone this weekend. We had a couple of windstorms. Half the leaves are off the trees. <laughs> I mean, what do what are you doing? What are you seeing in the Midwest? You know what? It we're um we're probably a week or two. We had 80 degrees today, 82. We've had some warm weather, but the the bottom's gonna fall out this weekend. Uh some of your maples, weaker maples are just gorgeous, but it's not it's not full color yet. Um but that's okay. It just it, it, every year it seems it comes quicker. Like you said, we're just you know I thought things would slow down by now, but there's so many people trying to get ramped up. You know, end the season, get their last minute things done, get into fall pruning season. Um, I love this time of the year. You know, you're out there and you know, good time to do some nutrition, uh, soil amendments. Just kind of give the trees a little last. I guess I would say a hug. Hmm. before they become dormant so a lot of things going on it's just busier than can be i'm i was talking to uh a customer lease recently and i was like uh they offered to lend me their life jacket so i don't go under <laughs> <laughs> so we were all talking about just barely keeping our head above water and she goes well you can borrow mine i says well if i start going down i'll, you go, I'll give it back to you so i guess it's a good thing but generally this time of the year, we're kind of checking up and getting ready for fourth quarter. But it just seems like we're just on fire right now. We we are. And I got to travel. I took a pretty lengthy road trip to deliver a, some equipment uh, uh, to a friend over in the Portland, Oregon area. And it was a real quick trip. Very beautiful drive. You know, I've I've driven from from Colorado to Minnesota and Wisconsin a, you know, dozens of times, but I've never done the trip the drive from Colorado up to Portland and it's beautiful. Oh my God. It's gotta be. Oh, just spectacular. It's, it's a beautiful part of the country. Northern California, Washington, Oregon, Idaho. I tease a good friend of mine. She's like, Oh, I'm from Idaho. I said, there ain't no trees in Idaho for God's sakes. It, I guess yep. it's gorgeous. It, I don't know. It is. And when, when I was in Portland, I was seeing some things that are just different things that we don't, we don't really see in the Rocky mountains. I've seen palm trees. I saw monkey puzzle trees and then trees doing weird things. Uh, so maybe we could talk about that a little Interesting. bit. Too. Interesting. Weird things. That kind of gives me an idea for tonight because we get some weird things going on. Um, this month near the end of the month pretty special day coming up and it's actually one of my favorite holidays let's kind of jump into a little discussion on halloween talk about some of the weird things maybe something that spooked you before some of the weird things with trees that we could um associate of scaring the bejesus out of you you know why why not yeah no let's let's do it as you're saying halloween and weird things and, and what's scaring you 
you remember the first time you saw slime flux coming out of even an either an elm or a cottonwood bacterial wet wood or slime flux yeah. something like that yeah that's kind of an anomaly that i think you know and some of our listeners aren't even you know aren't arborists uh, or in the trees very often but slime flux and bacterial wet wood has got to be one of the strangest things and they used to they used to people used to prior to my time in the industry so you'd go back into the 90s the 80s 70s and whatever else happened before that they used to put these drain tubes into trees to try to get the slime flux to push have you seen this have you done that or you just mentioned my heyday yes i did put <laughs> drain tubes you used to drill it out put a copper tube in perforated copper tube and it would let the water drain out of that crotch and the tree would compartmentalize around it and it would last it probably you know when you're drilling it out it drained but then it would compartmentalize and well right back off oh sure so it's not something we do but it just goes back to research that you got to continue to try to do something because uh, if you don't do something you're never going to know what works so yeah i've done that and we've realized over the years that um it works for a while and it walls off and then you got copper pipes hanging out the side of trees. <laughs> Don't run that through a chipper. You know, what would be interesting is that, you know, when we, we've talked in the past about uh, uh, diseases and diagnostics. And the more and more recently this year is really, I think we've talked about this. It's questioned my, my thought process on what to do about diseases in trees, in especially this year that conifers um, are doing weird things, mm. you know, just being overwhelmed. Um, you know, you talked about uh, bacterial wetwood. Do you remember the movie, The Blob? Uh, yeah. It's like old 50s flick where this goo just kind of goes all over and gobbles up people. I swear I'm thinking that sooner or later, this is going to happen to us in the forest. What? This just big gob of goo. Okay, so I know it's not a gob of goo, and I, we don't have it very much here in the Rocky Mountains, or maybe even at all because it's so dry. Our malaria, shoestring root rot. When it's I go, spreading. it is spreading and it's crazy. So, once again, people, maybe you're not from an area where you see this a lot. Maybe you don't, you know, you're just homeowner, whatever it is. Google our malaria, shoestring root rot. Joe just said like this glob is kind of moving. This is literally like black shoestrings that live in forests and they climb up trees and they kill trees. Like, I don't know, over the course of a, I don't know, a couple of years, depends on how stressed they are, but, and there's no cure for it. Right. I mean, uh, it's, it's kind of cultural. Yeah. Um, I've been playing around with some, some things to try to see if we can get a handle of it, but you're kind of right. It is kind of like a blob. So there, that's pretty scary. It's terrifying. And then another one, you're taking me down this rabbit hole that I haven't been in a while, but we were in, we were in a red pine stand, central Wisconsin, probably 20, 2009, 2010. Anosum. It's called Anosum. I don't know if you've seen, seen that or not. It's, it's more common. You for something? No. You know, the, the word I know some. Well, I know someone too. You know, I, I'm just checking. <laughs> No, it's this it's this fungi that that lives in the soil. It's this yellow, this yellow blob. And we're talking about blobs tonight and spooky things. Uh, anyhow, it's in the soil and it kind of propagates and moves throughout a stand just like that. So there's another one to look for folks to look oh, up. Oh, 
then keep it on the Halloween theme. What yeah. about dead man's fingers? Get out. There's a fungal pathogen that the fruiting body looks like dead man fingers coming out of the soil like fingers. Oh. Or brain fungus. It's... A big growth on the side of oak that looks like a brain. No way. I swear. I swear. I've seen them both. Then you got uh, uh, dog patch vomit. Yeah, I have heard of that. That's another kind of fungus, kind of spin- slimy yeah. fungal pathogen. You generally see it on uh, sterile soil with mulch on it. So the the microbiology is not breaking down the mulch, and there's these big patches that looks like vomit on the mulch starts to appear. No but kidding. dead man's fingers, uh, brain fungus. It looks like a brain on the side of a tree. <laughs> some pretty cool stuff out there. Yeah. Another the other thing you'll see on some softer woods are like so so here in the West, we have Cytospora canker, which that's just a big broad family of of systemic uh fungi, but we have Cytospora canker and hypoxylin canker on aspens and cottonwoods. And that that makes the tree looks like it's actually bleeding, either red or orange or kind of a yellowy color. So Oh yeah. So why we're so thank God for the um so while we're talking, search dead man finger mushroom. It's creepy. It's pretty creepy. But I want to I'm gonna tell you another story. So I'm a I'm an avid hunter. I love bow hunting. I love this time of the year. Um in Michigan, bow season starts October 1st. And I haven't been out there yet because obviously it's the first week and we're busy and we got some very important stuff coming up at work that we, you and I are both working on. But I don't know if you've ever been walking through the woods at night. And did you know that turkeys roost in trees? Off the ground. Well, there's this one big oak tree by this this uh, rye field that when you're walking back from, from my stand, you got to go past this oak tree. And if the moon's up and you're walking, it's on the backside of that tree and you look up in the tree, there's like 30 turkeys big turkeys all staring at you and their heads are looking almost like a like a walt disney scary flip i'm talking like like when snow white was going through the spooky woods we have a patch of woods called spooky woods and i swear we'll get to that too because it's just scary walking through them but you walk through there the moonlight full moon shining through this big oak tree and you got 20 to 30 turkeys roosting up there and they're all staring at you the whole time you walk by you want to talk about giving yourself the creeps in the woods. Yeah, that yeah, would do it. Yeah, or have them land in the tree that your bow stand is. It sounds like a plane is crashing through the woods. They're not graceful. So they crash into the canopy. And I've had one crash in the canopy above me. And I swear to God, I thought the tree was going down. Oh my! And here gosh, comes this gosh. big turkey coming in taking it for the night. Just crashing and banging and through all the branches until he hits a branch he can grab onto and he stops. I'm talking about that. Get your heart rate going. That's that's creepy. I did see something. I don't know if we've talked about this before on the show. But living here in the mountains and, and staring at trees, you get to see some cool stuff. But I saw what looked like, they looked like, I don't know, four, maybe three or four different uh, old claw marks in a couple of aspen trees that were probably, I don't know, 10, 14 inches diameter. 
and you could you could watch them go up and it, it had compartmentalized it had happened to you know at least a couple of years ago and i stood there and i looked at it because everybody's seen spike damage before and you know you could you could pretty much look at that and they just like somebody climbed a ladder going up the tree this was bear damage oh yeah that was cool that was he kind was of spooky, there, but it was cool. Yeah, stretching his claws out, probably scratching his back on the tree. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've had a bear run up to me before in the woods. He was I was in the tree and he ran up and ran right past me, but never came up the tree. But I have seen bear go up in tree and investigate a hunter before. What? Out of curiosity. Never attacked. I've never seen any attacks, but like a black bear here in the Midwest walking mm. up there, taking a whiff. Hey, what are you doing up here? Had squirrels run up past me when you're not paying attention. That scares you. Oh, what else? What Bla else? Black bears are like large dogs here in the states. I mean, yeah, you, you got to observe wildlife. You know, give them some distance. But we we see them from time to time here, and you you, you bang a pot or you yell at them, they take off. We when we were living in Alaska, man, they were everywhere. I mean, just everywhere and they they're scavengers so they're running you know rummaging through trash and you know like bird houses over bird feeders and exactly they will find them from time to time at the neighbor's hummingbird feeders that are pretty low to the ground i mean they're just they're just trying to plump up you know going into winter yeah. get, get those yeah. carbs where they take their nap let's mm. see what else is in a tree so here's a good one so um i went to check out again out in the woods and i went to check out one of my stands and i'm like well, all right so i went to, it's like it's like eight foot off the ground it's kind of a hut up the ground um i opened it up there's two huge birds in there i'm talking like four foot tall birds what so it was kind of dark so i didn't know what it was i didn't have a flashlight so i kind of freaked out so i kind of open up the door and i kick it back and look back in there two turkey vultures have actually taken over one of my stands in the woods as habitat what they trashed it in there and they're living in there and i can't figure out how they got in there but they found a way and they took one of our stands on the property and turned it into habitat so they're lucky that i don't use that stand or they would be evicted so i'm not sure what i'm going to do now i got to try to be mindful of their needs <laughs> but man you want to open up a door and have a four-foot bird stand there and they ain't, they ain't good looking birds they're kind of mm -hmm. creepy looking no, and I'm I'm curious. Did you leave half a bottle of whiskey or Jägermeister up there, and maybe they're just they're hanging out, they're hanging out. Oh my god, Halloween! Well, and this here's another spooky thing, and I know there are a couple listeners that that are local where where I'm at. They've they've heard me say this at least a couple times, but in the last in the last there's about a six or seven day stretch. It, where I would set out a trap every night. I caught five skunks in one week. Wow. I'm talking mama. I'm talking kits. And we don't really, I mean, we don't live in the woods, but can you imagine running through the woods, coming face to face with some of these? And some of them, I don't know how they fit in the trap. I mean, it was just poof. But uh, oh. here, here's another thing too, is if if you are you know, going to catch skunks, apparently... They really love cat food. Uh, so throw some of that in the trap. But here's another thing too is they will spray. So make sure you wrap oh, that yeah. wrap that trap well in a tarp. Have some extra towels ready for when you release it to where you know it doesn't stare you down and then turn and burn you. 
So yeah, because there's a there's a trick to walking up to that trap. You got to hold the tarp up in front of you, so they can't see you, and you slowly lay it over it. That you know, that is a great idea. It some some people don't never learn that. Um, we well, we there's just, your tube in for the night. There's there's that that's worth your CEU right there. We yeah, we were just you, hold your tarp up in front of you so he, they can't see you and they won't spray. And then you just slowly tarp, lay the tarp over it. You can pick them up, walk around, no big deal. And you do the same thing. Once you open it, you back up with the tarp in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. For it's scary though. You did? Oh yeah. Oh, I should have called you for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'd have flown right out there. Oh yeah. Why not? But uh, you know, another thing is that, and this, this goes urban forestry and forestry is probably more for foresters because foresters out marking timber, get caught out there at night. Uh, a lot more than we do in urban landscape, you know, because in an urban landscape, you know, five, six o'clock, you got to get off the property. People are coming home, they're eating, noise violation. But out in the woods, you can lose track of time. When you look up, the forest looks awfully different at night. So I have a pretty good sense of direction. Like my internal compass is pretty strong. There's been a few times I've got lost in the woods in the national forest for a while. And uh it spooked me pretty good. You know, it's to the point where, you know, you always were told to have your compass or your GPS, you know, make sure you use that stuff, make sure you got a good flashlight. And we didn't have a flashlight. But uh the, the, there's a what's it the movie, The Hills Have Eyes or mm. Come Alive at Night. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, coyotes are coming out, starting to howl around you. Um, I've been surrounded by coyotes in the woods before at night. That's that's a good feeling. Pro- probably less likely, but could happen. Mountain lions, jungle, oh, jungle, you? jungle cats up here in the uh, up here in the Rockies. I mean, they 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 they're seeing, and we're not wildlife majors, or that's not our focus, but they're starting to see juvenile like teenage uh teenage gangs of mountain lions normally they're you know they're one or two here or there but they're actually seeing like packs of mountain lions can you imagine getting (laughs) well we're uh we're northern michigan uh we used to tent hunt and we were out and i remember uh my brother-in-law scott shot a deer lost the trail, came back, got us, and we all hiked back. It's like a mile and a half back. And I remember this one time, we're coming around, he goes, it's right about here where I shot it. Next thing you know, we heard a growl. And we all stopped, and we're looking around. Then we smelled it. We walked up on a bear looking for his deer at the same time. And um, like you said, the bear bear freaked out. We started screaming and shining flashlights all around. And you caught a glimpse of him going through the woods. It was really thick, man. He was knocking trees over. That big dude was just running through the woods, growling the whole time. <laughs> and it was, you want to talk about the hair and your back standing up. You're like, oh my God. And we're like, let's go. I'll get that in the morning. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good idea. That's just that's just another, you know, more proof that oftentimes with with bears, you'll smell them before you see them. Yeah, they're nasty. But just there's just so much out there. And I think that. You and I, you know, we've had some great guests on the podcast, um, but I think we need to get a few more foresters and get the foresters, get some old time foresters and tell us some, 
spooky stuff that happened to him in the woods. Oh, yeah. Maybe before, maybe before Halloween. I think it'd be kind of cool. I think so too. Like we had, <laughs> we had a windstorm roll through, and our our neighbors have a multi-stem, narrow-leaf cottonwood, and now when there's just a, a light breeze, and I never heard it before, but now I can hear creaking. Crickets. Creak, creaking like it like oh. it, it, something's rubbing and creaking so i wonder if during the storm because the winds were out of a different direction normally they're out of the you know out of the west northwest yeah. they were pure east out of this last storm and i wonder if it didn't either dislodge or or split a tree somewhere but you can hear it creaking now ever so faintly and that is kind of spooky too oh yeah like i said we got spooky woods it's a um Scott's Pine old plantation because back in the 50s and the 60s Scott's Pines were big Christmas trees mm. so there's about 20 acres on our property that we just let go we should probably just harvest them and get rid of them and burn them but they are nastiest twisted creepiest looking set of trees at, that we actually call them spooky woods that's the name of the woods they're just they're creepy that's so funny. Pinus sylvestris, Scots or Scotch pine. You know, another creepy species that it's actually one of my favorite uh, hardwood trees would probably be the bur oak. They kind of gnarl and twist and they, you know, it just looks like bark is coarse and jagged. And... Yeah. It's another yeah. one of those things that, that belongs in a scary movie. <laughs> it's, it's amazing with Halloween coming in. You know, I just wanted to make sure that people know that you know, a lot of times we hang stuff up in trees for the Halloween and um, uh, uh, our guests uh, from tree first, uh, Jeremiah and Jack, uh, every year we have a hayride up at the property. They're going to actually, because they're obviously climbing arborist with a skill for at height, we're going to make an adult spooky hayride and we're going to get a bunch of arborists to be actually in the trees to scare us when we go by that's creative and he was telling me that his neighbor used to be a special effects in hollywood and he said he's going to help so the kids are still too young to do it i mean i don't want to terrify him right um but can you imagine an adult hayride professionally done with climbers someone's got to be doing that somewhere well it's about to be you but for the people who are listening right now that are trying to get that maybe are getting motivation. If you're going to use a chainsaw to try to scare the kids, you know, maybe pull the chain off first. <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good pointer. Good, that's, that's pointer number one. Pointer number two is, you know, maybe you've moved on to an electric uh, steel or husky climbing saw, maybe not the saw to pull out on Halloween to scare kids. Pull out the old '66 or the '88 with nothing oh on God, it. Yeah, you got to make sure it's got a rumble to it. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah you, think, you don't think about that. You're right, Corey. You know, one of the most famous scary movies was with a chainsaw. That's it. Wow. Yeah. You know, we could talk about the other scary movie, Saw. Oh, saw and oh my god, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh man, this is what about right. Scarface, brother? Remember Scarface, the beginning of Scarface? Yeah, 
This yeah. chainsaws. That's a whole different show. Oh man. Chainsaw horror movies with chainsaws. I don't know <laughs> if that's a, our our audience is ready for that one. Yeah, but we might need to put it an explicit or parental ad, uh, advisory, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Joe, yeah. I, I I'm having a trip with this. I know we're we're coming up on time, but this is fun. Talk about the season, what's going on, be lighthearted. I I had I had a blast with this conversation today. This was good. This was fun. I, I think you're right. Um urban forest or forest. You know, there's trees can scare you. Not just removing them, but you know, in certain situations, they just they they have a personality if we want to believe it or not. So I just wish everybody has a safe and happy uh Halloween this year and enjoy and look up and check out the trees with the moonlight coming through them. Might see some eyeballs up there. <laughs> awesome, Joe. Thank you so much. All listeners, be safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, great topic today. Yes, and lots of good information. Yeah, probably one of our best yet. If you enjoyed the podcast or have topics you would like to discuss, please send them to discoveringforestry at gmail.com. And please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. Thanks, guys, uh, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Joe. And I'm Corey. Signing, Signing out. out.